Hallelujah. Isn't God a good God? Amen. How many of you got your Bibles in your hands? Amen. Let's pick up our Bible. Say, so this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what this Bible says I can do. Today, I'm being transformed. I'm being changed by the Word of God. And I will never be the same again. And if you say that, if you believe that, say amen. Amen. Y'all may be seated. It's always good to be in a place that honors God, knows how to honor God, and how to seek God. Amen. There's nothing more healthier than being in an environment where, where people honor God. Um, because when you learn to step aside your feelings, step aside your emotions, how many of you know you'll, you'll just end up growing into more? And, man, and, and, since one, and since the beginning, since we started this church, the goal of this church has always to, would, was to transform lives. It wasn't to just to play church because, you know, we can go anywhere and just play church, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> and here's the thing about Jesus. It's about having a relationship with him. Yeah. It's about knowing him and not allowing your life to stay the same way. Yeah, right. <laughs> and all throughout scripture, we see people's lives being transformed. Mm-hmm. And how do they transform? Well, one of the ways they transformed was by making changes in their lives. And how do you know, as a believer, part of our, our thing is, our part of our, as a believer, part of our duty as being believers is following the instructions of, instructions of the Lord. Amen. 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 So I'm glad he didn't just come over here, plop us over here and just kind of leave us to our own, to, to, just to ourselves. Yeah. I thank God he, he, he put many women of God in our lives yeah. to help direct us, help lead us, help, right. help show us, help, help guide us. How many, yes. you know, cause I, you know, without those relationships, how many of you know that we wouldn't get to where we need to be? Yeah. And I'm glad for those who've been around us That's who right. have soundness of mind. Yes. You know what I mean? To have soundness of mind, not yeah. to be erratic, that, that they were level, a level. They gave us, they were so upfront with the information they, they gave us. They were, it was very level headed. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, it wasn't beating around the bush. It was straight to the point. Right. Because you and I, when we hear the word of God, to be very frank, we, we, we need people who are straight shooters. You know what I mean? I'm so glad for Dr. Dufresne. I'm so glad for I'm so glad for Kenneth Copeland. I'm so glad for for Keith Moore. I'm so glad for uh, Brother Kenneth E. Hagan. Yes. You know, and particularly Kenneth E. Hagan because really there was a great reformation that took place because he brought he really brought the, the Pentecostal movement into soundness of believing. And you really stop and think about how important it is to have soundness of believing. Then you start to wonder, Lord, if it wasn't for that, that I, I, where would I be today? Where would I be for ministers who, who said God is a good God and, and, and took all the pressure and took all the flack for you and I? Yeah. To where, hey, yeah, God is a good God. Yes, he does care about me. Yes, he really wants the best for my life. And, you know, <clears throat> to be very frank, being a Christian isn't one of, isn't one every, isn't one of everyday comfort. Do you hear what I'm saying? Because being a Christian is being challenged. Yeah. It's being challenged to change. It's, it's not being excused to live how you want to live. It's, it's where, you know, if you, if you look from the outside in, you think, well, what's going on? That, but they seem like really zealous and excited about something. That seems like over the top to be excited about the things of God. You know, they think we spr- sprinkled pixie dust over, you know, all of a sudden all of you guys are just going to church because you've got pixie dust all over you and... <laughs> No, the, the, it's called the presence of God. Yeah, that's right. 
The presence of God shows up. The power of God shows up. Lives are transformed. Uh, eyes are open. Uh, ears open. And, you know, not just, not just in the literal sense, but also spiritually, God opens our eyes to see things and hear things and, and come and taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen. Amen. And how many of you know, we know that the Lord is good because we've seen and tasted and held in our hand the very, very nature of our Heavenly Father. So the thing I love about the Lord, He's not here to leave you alone. That's right. Thank God He gives, thank God He didn't just leave you to yourself. He gave you answers so that you would know what to do. And and for a while there, we've been on the topic of with our mouths, about speaking our words and and talking right. And you know, if you're in the military, they, they want you to change the way you talk. In fact, they, they, they step in and they, they, they want to, it's like they, they, they strip you down. They strip you down mentally, emotionally. They make you work hard. They, they get you to the point where they can see that you can go beyond when you're at an empty tank. That's why they do it. They want you to realize that, they, that, you, that you have to get beyond the cap of your life where you think, I can't go beyond this. There's no way I can do it. So the goal is just to remove that cap and to, and to show you, no, you can go beyond that glass ceiling. Yeah. And when God comes to your life, he wants to show you, you can get beyond yeah. the ordinary world, yeah. get beyond the natural boundaries of the world into the supernatural by just simply getting to know him, relating to him and start to speak a different way. Yeah. Amen. So let's open our Bibles this, to the, uh, this, this evening to the book of Matthew. Matthew, <clears throat> Matthew 11. And, you know, here's the thing. Sometimes you'll hear messages like this and, and terms that are used, and we can take it for granted when we hear, I call Christianese or Christian ways of talking. And so, you know, I always like to be a little bit more mindful in when I'm talking. So um, we're going to pray some things out tonight because I believe God is going to step us into some things tonight. And so we're going to open up with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for your word. I thank you, Father, as we get in your word, you're going to show us things. And that we are to adapt to your word and and that we are to change. And and that you are to show us areas where you're going to lift off that cap that that, that would try to restrict us from going from glory to glory. And I thank you, Father, that there is a fullness of God that we will reach inside of you. And everybody said, Amen. 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 So as we're saying, uh, Matthew chapter 12, verse 33. I don't know if I even said Matthew chapter 12. But Matthew chapter 12, verse 33. As we said earlier, you know, the words that you speak are so important. They're so crucial. The words that we speak, the Bible says they are either life or death to us. The words we speak. And so often... We read the word and we so, we've seen over the last few weeks um, throughout scripture how out of the mouth of more, uh, more, one or more, more than one or two witnesses, we've seen out of dozens of accounts how that word is always there in our mouths and that we need to be careful in how we speak not only about ourselves, about our destiny, about our situations, about our circumstances. We, we ought not to walk by the gas pumps and go, oh, that's really high. Oh, that's really high. Oh, look at those gas prices. Well, we should not be moved. By those things. Why? Because we're people of faith. All you say is, I have a supply for that. God's going to take care of me. I have a full, I have a full account. I can, even with the gas goes up and down, it don't make a difference to me. Right? 
Well, Pastor, are you saying that, you know, I like that sound, but Pastor, really, you know, uh, I'm really feeling it. We're not talking about how you're feeling. We're talking about your words setting the course of your feelings, despite your feelings. And, and, and far too often, we, we, people, we people hear this and they think, well, you know, that's just idiocy. Just to look at that and say, I, I, I have a full supply. And, and, and see, what happens is you start to look, you start to stay in the natural mind. You'll live at the natural mind. You'll live in the natural state. But if you see things from a spiritual perspective, that God meets all my needs, that I have a full supply, God is ever, ever ready and always present to make a miracle happen for you. We don't ever want to close the door on what God has for you and I. Too many people shut the door of what God can do. And here's one of the ways that we can keep the door open for God's prosperity in our lives. And one of those ways is through our mouths and the way we speak. And Matthew chapter 12, verse 33 says, Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or also make the tree bad and and its fruit bad. For For a tree is known by its fruit. Then he says to the, to the religious group, Bro of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the mouth, the heart, for out, of, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So whatever's in your mouth, good or bad, to whatever comes out the most out of your mouth, that's who you are. Because you're speaking from the abundance of who you really are. If you're a negative person, always speaking negative, always talking negative, always talking doubt, not, always talking uncertainty. You're, you're always going to continue to get that, but that's what's in you. That's what's directing your life. Yeah. If you're negative, you're, you're a negative bent. You're going to always talk negative. You're always going to be depressed. You know, growing up, I had, a, I had to really fight depression. And people would have never known that I, I battled with depression because I always joked, I had humor. And so it was a way for me to just kind of deflect away from what I was feeling on the inside. But the reality is, is that with unregulated, it, 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 over time, it began to get worse. And then in the early days of our marriage, it began to affect our marriage at some point because I could easily slip into this thing. And one of the things I learned, through, thank God, through the word of faith and the word of faith teachers, is that I didn't have to live that way anymore. Yeah. That I, I could change the very course of my feelings and my, my thoughts yeah. and the direction of my life so I didn't have to feel like I was living a hopeless life anymore. Yeah. And when you start to realize that, there's, that, there, that you can direct more of your life, then you start to say, you know what? There's something else inside of me that says that's the answer. There's something that says to me that I need to identify that, that the, whatever's, whatever is corrupt in me that's causing this decay of talking, this, this d- decay of reasoning of where everything's bad and never going to work out, it, it needs to be pulled out. It needs to be uprooted. I don't excuse it. I just know that I have to change it. Does it change overnight? Sometimes no. But much like the military, it takes time to, dis, it takes time to strip things down. Yeah. To, to not be, allow yourself to, be, to even feel bombarded that it's too much. Yeah. That's where you start to break through that glass ceiling. Yeah. Of, of where you can't change the way you talk. Or you can't change the way or, or the way in which you think or how you think. Yeah. Because it's all possible. Because there's, a, there's an abundance of old way of thinking. But now you're a new creature in Christ. Yeah. So you don't have to live like the old. Now, when I say a new creature in Christ, I mean you're born again. You've asked Jesus in your heart, right? That means you're a new person in Christ Jesus. Now, it doesn't mean you have you can't. You ha- it doesn't mean that you still have this mind to deal with, right. this old way of talking to deal with, because it's still there. So, what is going to is require work to remove it. 
well, pastor, you're getting busy. You're just sounding like you're just trying to get in my... No, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you the steps to freedom. And the steps to freedom um, aren't, are not always, in most people's natural mind, it, it seems like an easy way. But it's easier when you're doing it with the Lord, doing it with the Word, staying in the Word, opening up your Bible, praying in the Holy Ghost daily. Because it's praying in the Holy Spirit that you build yourself up on your most holy faith. You're, you're staying strengthened. Amen? So... But then he says, and then we know, here's another thing that I find very interesting. In verse 35, says, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. An evil man out of the uh, evil treasures bring forth evil things. Now, we've got we, we to be careful with this one in the sense that, that sometimes we don't see ourselves as being evil or we don't see ourselves being good. We just kind of see, well, I'm just an average guy. I don't really do anything wrong or... Do you see what I'm saying? So when we misspeak about ourselves, we don't know that that's an evil report. I'm not that smart. I'm not that good looking. Uh, or I, I, it seems like everybody gets promoted before me. Those are, e- those are evil charges against yourself. Do you hear what I'm saying? And so that's an evil report. I can't, I can't get that job. I can't, I, can't, I can't own a company like that I, I can't, because of who I am and where I've come from. See, that's an, that's an evil report. That's an evil conscience. And God wants to purge us of these things. Amen? Yeah. But he says, out of, a, out, of the, out of a good treasure, out of a good man's heart, comes out life. In other words, you walk by and you see someone who's crippled and, and, and um, hurt or maybe in a wheelchair. The, you know, first thing comes out, oh, man, I, just, I feel so sorry for them, which... You think and the naturalist would be a nice thing. You're being thoughtful, right? No, that, that really isn't because it's not, you're, not, you're, you're not speaking the end game. Amen. The end game is, I thank you, Father, there's an answer for that. Yes. Right. I thank you, Father, there's healing for that. Yes. See, we've got to be really careful how we use our words mm-hmm. over situation, yes. over our children. Yeah. You, know, you know, Billy come back with a bad grade. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. Boy, he just, he's just stubborn. He's, not, he's, a, he's just being a little knucklehead. He's being a... Like how we used to say in Spanish, he's being a, a chismoso, you know, a little troublemaker. And so we, we've got to think that as we're talking about these kids and about these family members, no, he's got the mind of Christ. He can do all things through Christ who gives him strength. I thank you, Father. He's settling down. I thank you, Father. He's going to be wise. He's going to be smart. He's going he's to catch up with the rest of his kids. And see, because, again, we're speaking the end result. We're giving the good report. We're not giving the evil report. Because it's so important that we keep God's word, or at least the end result of what God would want over the situation. Amen? Because it's important. It matters to God that your kids are healed. It matters to God that you prosper. Amen? It matters to him. For I like what he says, for by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. That's Jesus. This This is all Jesus talking. He says, your words will condemn you, and they will justify you. Pastor, you're just saying that because you just want to control every little thing. I say, look, no, I'm not trying to control her. You can say whatever you want to say. You can say whatever you want to say. Talk however you want to talk. I'm just pointing to you in God's word that if you trust God at his word and start making those adjustments, that your, your life will be, you'll get more control over your life. Yes. You'll get more direction over your own life. Yes. I'm, not, I'm not your word police. It's up to us to really guard our lips 
and, and, and really what we're doing is setting a precedence and laying a foundation. So the, those of you who are listening, you say, you know, what? I can do this. This is possible. This is not out of the realm. This is not out of the wheelhouse of me not being successful. Amen. Amen. So as a believer, it's so important that you and I get get really, really get that down deep in our hearts and and really begin to understand. You know, the more you begin to do God's word, the the better it's going to work in you. Amen. Amen. Uh, Because out of Luke, I'm not you don't have to turn there um, because for time's sake. And I I, we do have a, a bit of scripture to turn to this evening. But over in uh, Luke chapter 4, verse 32, he says, And they were astonished at his word, for his word was with authority. Right? So Jesus operated in such a realm with his words that he was an example to you and I. He didn't come down here as a, as a, as a God living in a human flesh. He, Jesus came down. He emptied himself of his deity, his position, and he modeled to you and I. He was a better, how should you say in modern terms, uh, of someone who's being a mentor to you and I. He's being a model, he's being a, model, he's being a mentor to you and I. He's, he's telling us how that we can operate and live to get the best and the most out of this life. Why go to heaven leaving everything on the table that you didn't, that you didn't get to have that could have been yours? We don't want to leave it at the table. In fact, the goal as a believer is really to just kind of reach it down deep and get all that he's provided for you and I. Let's open our Bibles to Philippians chapter um, 2, verse 14. <coughs> Philippians 2, 14. This is Paul talking. Paul talking to the church, talking from the revelation that he had, which was of Jesus and the work that he did. And then not only just through Jesus, but through what he's seen in the word in regards to the children of Israel. Right. So over here in Philippians chapter two, verse 14, he says, do all things without complaining and disputing. <clears throat> Boy, you can really just stop on the, the, the complaining and the disputing part. Because how many of us go someplace and if the food isn't right, we complain? What if we, we go to a meeting and things don't work out the way we wanted to and we felt like everybody should just jump through the hoops real quick and then we start to complain that maybe the staff wasn't doing it right or maybe the waiter wasn't doing it right or maybe the teachers weren't doing it right or maybe, maybe your boss at hire wasn't doing it right and we start complaining. Oh, they don't know anything up there. They just make decisions. They don't think about us, the little guys. You're complaining. You're disputing. And the Bible says, do all things without complaining and disputing. Well, pastor, that's, that's a real hard word because, you know, how are we supposed to get anything done if people don't know we're upset? <laughs> well, let's just, 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 just take this for uh, a grain of salt, maybe. I don't know. But maybe you let them do what they need to do. Maybe there's things you don't know about that are going on behind the scenes that have caused them to have to do it that way. That sure, it's a lot longer, but that is the outcome of something that hadn't been done right. Mm -hmm. So now the outcome has to take longer because steps were skipped and quality was reduced. So now they have to redo uh, height. So you're seeing you're taking your you're taking out your little role out here and you're just looking at one your little thing. and, And yet God sees the big picture. The people who God sets 
to hire you brought you there so that you could be a blessing, but not only to you, but it's so that you could have funds that could flow to your home and your family to take care of your family. They didn't need to hire you. They don't have to hire you. No one owes you a job. They don't. They don't owe you a job. Thank God they gave you a job. Thank God they paid you. And if they gave you benefits, thank God they gave you benefits, right? So the, here's the thing. We've got to be thankful for whatever God brings because we've got to trust. If we're, we say we're Christians, right? Yeah. We believe God and we believe the words that we say. Then we say, thank you, Father God, that despite my income, I am not going to be held alone by just whatever they pay me. I thank you, Father, that you're going to go above whatever they pay me. That's right. Sure, they may give me a salary, but Lord, you're going to bring increase from other, other avenues. That's Right. I'm just here for whatever re- assignment, whatever reason, whatever thing you have me do yeah. and whatever they have me do. I'm just no one thing. I'm going to be the best at whatever they told me to do, right. because I don't work for them to necessarily. I work for the Lord. That's right. That's right. So you redirect. He's not your boss. The Lord is your boss. Yeah. He's your justifier. He's your promoter. He's that's the right. one that's going to get you where you need to be. That's yeah. right. You don't have to get overly fixated about how the man did you wrong because, right. you know, that you got to stick it to the man. Lord have mercy. And because we become so man-minded, we, 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 forget, we forget that we ought to be God-minded. We've lost our focus. Because you're right. It's the man, your servant. And you forgot that you should be serving the man, the man Jesus Christ. And when you do that, things get out of whack. Things begin to get harder. Come on. Amen. If you, if you don't learn how to do the fruits of the Spirit, you, you'll struggle. Yeah. And you, whatever you're at, whether you're in a marriage, the fruits of the Spirit ought to be an operation. Whether you're talking right about your spouse, thinking right about your spouse, loving right about your spouse, doing right by your spouse. You know, I love something that Kenneth Copeland said here recently. I think, well, he didn't say it recently, but it was a pre-recorded uh, um, program I watched this morning. He said, I got so upset. You know, one day he got upset. Well, you know, Glory just, I don't forget how he said, I'm paraphrasing. You know, she don't care about me. And, blah, blah, blah. and the Lord just just put him in check. What is your business? And like I said, I'm paraphrasing because you go read back. He didn't say it that way, Pastor. I know. I'm just yeah. giving you the way I heard it, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not calling balls or strikes. I just know that the Lord put him in check and said, yeah. what is your business? She is my daughter. Your only job is to take care of her. And you're like, oh, okay. And then he repented. Thank God he repented. You know, here we always think that it always has to be, love has to come one way. So it's, oh, he made me feel good. She made me feel good. All the music was so, they, it's always, you know, if you hear young people talk about love, it's about how everybody made them feel good. Uh-huh. <laughs> Little you know, that don't last forever. Because right. really love is about giving to one another. It's about really giving. It's about it's, it's, if you're not a giver, you're not a you're not a liver, and you're not really not a lover. Yeah. Because give being a being a lover of God is a giver. Yeah. Learning how to love your spouse is learning how to be a, a lover is really about yeah. learning being a giver. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know who that was for. That was for your charge. That's I wasn't going to go there, but hey, we sometimes we just need to go there. Amen. First Corinthians chapter ten. So we have tons of examples in the Bible for you and I to really help you and I be successful, right? And so we're thankful for those examples. We're thank- I'm thankful that Paul had a revelation about the direction of how we were to talk and the importance of he picked up on that, amen? And that's why it's so important to be a good student so you can f- identify what doesn't belong in you and what 
belongs in you. Yeah. Bitterness of talking can go. Complaining. Mm-hmm. What else did it say? Complaining and what? Disputing. Disputing. Yeah. Whoo, boy, that'll take out a lot of conversations right there. <laughs> well, I think that the, the Niners are going to take it all away. You don't know what you're talking about. You know what I mean? People, you just go back and forth. Everybody, everybody's a professional. Everybody's an expert. They got to know, you know. Everybody thinks they know something. Nobody knows a lot. Amen? Because circumstances and things can change, right? Someone cannot pay attention, actually tip the ball the wrong way. It's going up in the air, and the game is lost. And some of you 49er fans know what I'm talking about. Just kidding. I just love to tease. That's why I like sports, because everyone gets to tease each other during the season. Again, we've got to be careful with disputes, though, right? Yeah, oh, boy, this is escalating quickly. <laughs> Pastor's having fun now. Come on. But here's the thing. As, 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 as a believer, we see these examples in the Scripture of how things can escalate quickly and go in the wrong direction. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1, he says this. He says, Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all the, our fathers were under the cloud. and all the, I don't want you to be aware that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. He's saying they all experienced the same miracles. They lived, they lived, they saw, they saw the clouds, they they saw the sea open, they walked through. He says, look, they, they, they saw the curses come on the enemy, right? He said, they saw, they saw it, they saw it. All were baptized into Moses, into the cloud and in the sea, all ate the same spiritual food, all drank. They all ate the same spiritual food. Yeah. You know, it's funny. He says, people say, well, you know, if I was around the time of Moses, I would have just believed and would have entered in the promised land. Yeah. Yeah. Lie! <laughs> sort of like, so if Jesus was here, I would believe Jesus. Lie! Because yeah. you don't know what you were going to do. Yeah. You hope that you'd be on the right side. Yeah. Yeah. Not everybody chooses the right team. Ask me, I'm an Oakland, old Oakland Raider fan. Come on, it, it just don't work. You think they're going to get in? Okay, no complaining, Pastor. No complaining. You said no complaining. Thanks for correcting me, everybody. Thanks for correcting. I saw your eyes. I felt the correction. I felt it, okay? It says, all the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank of the spiritual rock that flowed, that flowed them. That, that flowed. Huh? That followed. Thank you, Melina Joy. Thank you for English teachers. <laughs> now you know my love letters were corrected by her. She doesn't believe it. I should have kept them. That's why I was saying, "Who is this girl correcting a love letter?" You spelled this wrong. You spelled that wrong. Word. That rock that flowed. That followed them. Thank you. <laughs> I keep wanting to say flowed. Praise you, Jesus. And that rock was Christ. Amen. That rock that Moses hit, that was Christ. He wasn't supposed to hit that rock. He was just supposed to speak to that rock. And that sent the course in a very wrong direction quickly. Yeah. Right? But with the most of them, God was not well pleased, for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Wow. Now these things came to, for our example to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted and not become idolaters as they, some of them, as it is written, the people sat down and eat and drink and rose up to play, nor let us commit sexual immorality as some of them did 
And in one day, 23,000 fell. Remember that? They got 23,000 got swallowed up in the earth. Not, not, not let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed by serpents. Nor complain as some of them also complained and were destroyed by the destroyer. Notice that part. They complained and they were destroyed by the destroyer. Boy, that's heavy. And those are our examples. Those are our New Testament examples. Just because things don't happen right away doesn't mean they're not working. When we talk wrong, they, take a, they don't happen right away. Thank God, by the mercy of God. Hopefully you've, you've caught what you're saying and repent and say, you know, I'm, make, I'm turning this around. So it's really important to, to, to learn to start catching the way you talk mm-hmm. and the way you speak. Yeah. And notice that in the early days when you get born again and saved, that you have, a, you have some time to, to work on these things and, 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 and you can get aggressive on it. The, more you, the quicker you get aggressive on it and more diligent on it, the more, successful you'll, the more success you'll have with your faith and the working of your faith. Amen. Amen. And verse 11, I'll just kind of close it off with verse 11. And all these things ha- uh, happened to them as an example. An example to who? To you and I. What's the example? You ain't going to be messing around with this one, Jack. I ain't going to complain against Moses. No, no, no. Ain't going to talk about Pastor Melina because you know she got that red hair. We've heard. We've heard. Ain't going to mess with her because everyone knows Mama gets hot-bladed now and then. I wouldn't even mess with her. <laughs> Just here's, here's the thing as a believer, and, and all jesting aside, all joking aside, as a believer, we ought to not even be coarse jesting, teasing people and pushing people to beyond. Um, now, coarse jesting means uh, pushing and teasing just to start an argument. We don't do that. It's not healthy for relationships. It doesn't create peace. It doesn't create joy. It doesn't create harmony in the home. In fact, God frowns on that type of behavior. Well, I was just teasing. No, we don't do those things because it's very displeasing to God. And and God knows, yes, you know, yeah, well, God knows my heart. Yeah, you know, you can say, yes, God knows your heart. But God also knows that you've been taught the word of God and that these type of things aren't good for you. And they're not good for your marriage. Amen. Again, I don't know why I keep talking about marriage. I don't know who's going through this, but right now, bless God, I hope you're taking notes. Peace, she's nice to me all the time. I'm just telling you, no, she's good to me all the time. And, I'm, and I try to be good to her all the time as well. Not trying. Lord, please, I repent. Have I said anything wrong? Amen. Because, you know, as a believer, as you spend more time in the word of God, the more you'll recognize areas that you need to clean up. Because not everybody here has their act together. Now, I know you're all dressed up. You all looked really good and really sharp today. You took your showers before you came over. But I know behind, beyond, uh, beyond that exterior that God is always working on things. Amen. And that there's nobody here that's without reproach. But here we ought to look at ourselves as, hey, I'm a work in progress, but I'm not excusing my old way of living. I'm not going to excuse my way of talking either. Well, I had a tough day. No, that means we were low on the word. We were low on the word and the old man was living at the top. That means we need to bring the old man back and let the word fill us up. Stay full of the Holy Ghost so that we can come on, get on top of things. Amen. 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 Let's open our Bibles to Exodus chapter 14.
We only have 20 more scriptures and we'll be done tonight. <laughs> and if we don't finish, we don't finish. <laughs> Pastor Melina wasn't done with her message and I liked the, her healing message so much. I said, you got to teach it this Sunday. You got to wrap that up. Come around. You made it to second base. Let's bring it on to third and bring it on home because that was pretty good. I really enjoyed that. Because, you know, as a believer, you always got to get on top of it in the healing promises of God and know what it takes to get in that healing and keep that healing. Amen. And, you know, when we talk about the way we talk, we're doing that. We're learning to stay on top of our healing. We're learning how to stay on top of our prosperity. Because you don't want to fall short in any area. You want success in every realm. Amen. In Ephesians chapter 14, verse Ephesians, Ephesians, I meant Exodus 14. Exodus 14, verse 10. And when Pharaoh drew near children of, of Israel and lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were afraid. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. And they said to Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, you have taken us away to die in the wilderness. Why have you dealt with us to bring us up into this Egypt? Is this not the word that you told the Egyptians, saying, Let us alone, and that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than we would have to, to die in the wilderness. Here, you've got to think about this. They're telling God, who brought them out of, a, out of slavery, that it would have been better for them to have been slaves. Because now they're in the wilderness. They're having to face the wilderness. And we see in the scriptures, it just wasn't one complaint. It was complaint upon complaint about every situation. Have you ever been in a, in a, in a, car, on a, on a car trip with a child that keeps complaining and whining and crying? I've got to use the bathroom. I'm hungry. She's touching me. He's touching me. Are we there yet? Why is it taking so long? Right? And you got to realize, these are children he's dealing with. He's dealing with adults. He's dealing with people. And he's trying to take them to some place. What's that place he's trying to take them to? To the promised land. Did he say the, prom- the trip to the promised land was going to be easy? He didn't say that. He says, we're going to the promised land. But you see, you figure with the swallowing up of the Egyptians in, in, in the... Or in the in, in, the Red Sea, or you, you figured that would have been like, you know what? There's no turning back. There, there's, nothing, there's nothing to go back to. They, they, they forgot they plundered Egypt. They took all their gold. They took, all the, all the, they took cattle. They took a lot of things with them. They forgot they had everything with them. They forgot the supply that they had. And then while they're traveling, they've got a cloud by night. They're being provided manna from heaven. They're being given quail. And yet they forgot. Time in, time out. We don't have enough water. We don't have enough this. You know, we've got to really be careful as believers that we don't complain, we, we don't complain about the circumstances that we face. The gas prices are high. Inflation's up. God, I thought you were going to take care of me. He's going to take care of you. But we ought to be mature enough let me just say that we ought to be mature enough to recognize that our words are either going to make us or could break us. Right. Amen. 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 God, God does not want you to live a life where you're living in defeat. Doesn't want it. 
does not want you to live in defeat, does not want you to live in such a way that you're constantly having to go to church for counseling. I have one guy, goes, he, goes, uh, as a, he's a, he asked me recently, he goes, um, as a pastor, you do a lot of counseling? I go, rarely. I don't think I've done counseling in a long time. I think anyone, if anyone's going to do any counseling, is my wife, and we rarely do counseling. And you know why I think that is? I think it's because we try to make sure that you've got plenty of word on the inside of you. We try to make sure that you've got your answers. Yeah. You know that scripture, you know, you know here you know, we've learned from our pastor, Pastor Nancy, to be forewarned is to be forearmed. Yeah. So we try to make sure that you're forewarned so you have your answers in advance. Yeah. And often many of you guys come up to us, thank God you gave me that answer, Pastor, because I came in there and this situation came up and thank God I had the right answer. Everybody in that room was complaining, not me, Pastor. I, I kept my word strong and they came to me and they gave me a promotion because I was talking right. I was thinking right. I was on time and because you, you trained us right, Pastor. So now where we go, we get raises, we get increases, we get promotions. And what does it create? It creates soundness of mind. It creates soundness of mind. Yeah. It creates hope. Yeah. And you and I, we have a blessed hope. Yes. Amen. Right. Amen. So we don't have to be like the children of Israel wandering around, right. wondering if God's going to, God, are you going to take care of me? I don't know if God's is in this. And why to complain? Because God is not pleased with grumbling and complaining. Amen. Not at all. And there's a few of you that grumble and complain I need to point out right now. Just teasing. <laughs> Just teasing. I got nervous. What? You gotta realize I'm a dad, and I like I gotta be careful. I don't tease. I teased. Uh, uh, I was teasing um, Joelle earlier because the baby wasn't on time, and Lord got on to me. I go, see, you can tell she's a girl already. Baby's already showing up late. You know that's that's a mark of a girl. You know, girls they like to be late wherever they go. But see, the Lord said, Marcus, you shouldn't be teasing like that because we want that baby now. I said, yes, we want that baby now. So, baby, you're coming on time. You're coming right now. No more waiting. No more weight. You see, here's the thing. As believers, we really want to get on top of these things. Yeah. So we need to start taking seriously how we talk, yeah. how we speak. Amen. And if we remember the big three that we always talked about, when we, be quick to forgive, be quick to uh, repent, and be quick to believe. Amen. Yes, amen. So we're, we're living by the big three in this church, right? Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Come on. God's doing the good things this year. Amen. Yes. Amen. Well, I'm going to end about four minutes early. Amen. Three minutes early. Is that okay? Are you guys all right with that? Who, who needs prayer before we release? Yes. You need prayer? What do you need prayer for?